Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Hey everyone, this is Brendan from Circus Survive. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters in the Circus Survive Patreon community. For more exclusive content, you can help support us by joining the community at patreon.com slash circus survive. You'll find more podcast episodes as well as new music, video content, live Q&A sessions, lessons, and access to a catalog of media from Circa's entire career. That is patreon.com slash survive. If you're unable to join the Patreon, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast now, as that really goes a long way, helping us get the word out there. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that a belch? <laughs> and five. Four, three. <laughs> How's everybody so, doing? Good. I'm a little tired. We like watched an episode of this show called um, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I was like getting, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to be up. <laughs> yeah, I was asleep. <laughs> you were really? asleep? Yeah, I woke up for this. You set an alarm? Uh, I did set an alarm. I fall asleep pretty much every every night when I put Trillian to bed now. I just pass out. I back that. Yeah, it's hard not to fall asleep when you're putting them in sometimes. There's definitely been times at like 8.30 where I'll be like rubbing somebody's back and then I'll wake up at like 3 in the morning next to them in their bed like, what happened? <laughs> Does anybody stay up late anymore? Anybody? Dude, mm-hmm. I stay up late. Yeah. I stay, I'm a late, I, I love staying up late. Yeah. There's just times where like I, I get to like a lull between like five and eight where I just get tired. And if, when I, when I get through that, then I'm good. But yeah, I try to be in bed by like 1230, but there's been a couple of uh, insomnia nights recently. Mm. Honestly, I, I haven't really been up at the 10th hour until we started doing this. Really? Podcast. Yeah, I'm wow. usually asleep by this time usually. normally. Really? I think yeah. Nick was the most surprising to me. I, <laughs> like a year ago or something, when I started trying to text you for yeah. anything, and you'd be like, uh, "What? What do you? I uh, dude, I'm asleep. I'm and dead, then, bro. What the hell? Yeah, it's like the it's like the only time I really have to like get like stuff done at home when everybody's asleep. So like mm-hmm. I learn to condition myself over the years, but there's definitely early nights, like 9 30, 10 o'clock nights, but I like it's like me time. Mm-hmm. Nick, do you what do you wake up at like five in the morning? No, surprisingly. When do you, what time, when you what time do you wake up? <laughs> uh I guess like I actually awake from sleep. Two in the afternoon. At like eight. Damn, um, dude. But then I usually don't get up for another hour or two. Fuck. Holy shit. A lot of slumber. That sounds like a fucking dream. <laughs> that is a lot of slumber. I'm just trying to live my dream, you know? Oh, I yeah! Definitely, I re- <laughs> <laughs> See how fast I can wear this one out before I move uh, to the next one? Damn. I have been getting up late again, though. <laughs> that that sucks. Like, How? How does this, How do you get up? Like, does Trillian let you sleep? Julianne has been letting me sleep because I'm I'm not sleeping. She like mm-hmm. when during the night I try to bring 
When Trillian comes in, I try to keep her away from Juliana so she can actually sleep, and then she just kicks me in, in the balls all night. <laughs> and little then, kids uh, do not know where balls are, or they either know where exactly oh, she walks balls up are, or they... <laughs> We gotta edit this. We're gonna have to edit that comment. (laughs) She straight up punched me in the balls today, and then Uh, I was like, "Uh, "Let's talk about that for a minute." That's actually a good drop for next week, Colin. If you can clip that for me, I'm gonna clip them out. I don't think there's a a day that I've been home that's gone by where I haven't gotten like kicked or need or like like hit in the balls by something just from one of them like trying to like climb or do anything just it's just it's just part of the game now yeah man every time i pick wally up i'm like strategically like all right pick him up this way so he can't kick me in the balls dad cup <laughs> every you single make time. this thing hey you have kids you might need a dad cup <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, like this device that you strap to your own balls, um, and when it res- and then you strap a device on your kids' balls, it shocks them. Um, and then when they kick you, it actually kicks them. Yes. Edit, Speaking of edit edit editing that. stuff, <laughs> I don't think that you should do anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think this this dad cup could be like an actual marketable thing. Just because of how often and how how prevalent getting kicked or need or elbowed or smacked or having things thrown at your testicles. Welcome to the first Saved Camp podcast. And let's start. And we're rolling. Let's start recording right now. <laughs> and sound speed. Go. I just keep making notes. Start at minute five. Start at minute. Kids six. don't know where your balls are. And and there's nothing five, wrong with the reality four. that kids kick you in the balls all the time. No, that's true. Too. That's fine. I think it's more about. To, yeah, we don't have to pretend that's false. It's more about tying stuff to your kids' balls that, that I was concerned about. There's just some oh. kind. Of, there's just like oh, yeah, contextual, some contextual that. things there that could get taken out of, taken out contextual? of uh, uh, contextuality. Out contextual. Contextuality. Every thirty seconds, it's going to be an overdub where I have to explain the context of what's being said. <laughs> yeah, how do you do? Can you do voiceovers for a podcast? Yeah, but I won't. <laughs> he didn't mean to say that. Some tricky editing. What he meant was children <laughs> kicking balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking. Is anybody is anybody watching anything like cool or Dude, like new? I just watched um Unorthodox. Oh, what's mm-hmm. that? I, I think it like just came out today, probably on Netflix. It was really good. It's super short. I didn't know it was going to be that short, and then it was over, and then I started crying. It's a how series? short? Like how many? Yeah. Like like I mean, ten minute episodes, or was it like the like episodes just a were long? Seasons? They're like the episodes are like an hour, but I think there's only four episodes. Dang! But I would I recommend. Man, oh, Sonic is now out. I I bought Sonic. Sonic is good. I like yeah. that. I like was surprised by liking it. I don't know why yeah. I just expected it to be total trash. It was so weird that they redid his. <laughs> I'm so glad that they did. He looked like shit before. Dude, he looked crazy. Like I don't know how they yeah. ever he like greenlit that to begin with. I wish but I th- could see the whole movie with him looking like shit like that. You talking about Will but, Smith and Aladdin? 
No, Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. They, they did like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It was supposed to come out like like months like before a year it came ago. out. Yeah. And um, when they released like trailers for it and like little snippets and, and pictures, people were so offended by how they made Sonic look. look like he shit. had no he had no lips. <laughs> his like it was like his eyes looked it was crazy. And, and they so were like, people, We're very sorry. We're gonna redo it. And then yeah. they redid it and they made him look normal. Yeah. And then they put it out. And actually I enjoyed the movie. But I would really like to watch the movie with like the old Just to like, see it. They should release it with the old version because I, I wanna know what it looks like. Did you guys know that the that movie Cats um, but they were going to do that same thing. They were going to redo it. They did redo it. Um, they did. Well, kind of. Okay, so this this they is took a, its butt. A they took their buttholes out, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. There was so much money spent CGIing out all the cat buttholes that were CGI'd in. What the fuck? Yeah, and they tried but to spin everyone, it. Everyone wants their buttholes back, though. Now, right? Yeah, yeah. everyone's like, people are, people everyone's like, like I'm not paying for this unless there's buttholes. What's <laughs> funny is everybody hated that movie so much, but all they'd have to do is redo a version of it with the buttholes, and it would probably like it would explode at the box office. Yeah, it'd be like a cult classic. Cats with buttholes. Well, <laughs> why were there buttholes in the first place? Because it's cats. It seems easily avoidable. Well, you know. Because cats got buttholes. Cats have buttholes. Cats are just... They, don't you... You ever add a cat? You see their butthole all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they say hello to you. What should we talk about? Talk about mm-hmm. the president, dude. Well... This guy cannot president? die fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tw- I'm gonna tweet right now. While we're talking right now, I'm going to tweet, um, hey, if Circa did a podcast, what kind of stuff would you want us talking about? Oh, God. Gives me anxiety. Colin, name three things that don't, don't give you anxiety. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> That's a really tough question, man. Um, these days, there there aren't many things, but petting my dogs, that's one. Um, oh, that's it's like a, a prescribed one. thing um, for anxiety. Cooking does not give me anxiety. And... I'll just say listening to music. Nice. Those three things. None of those things give me anxiety. Anyone else? Things that don't give me anxiety? Yeah, three things. I think it's intriguing to me that Nick said he's been having a little bit. Nick had his first foray into anxiety recently, right? Really? Uh, What, the supermarket thing? Yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard you say you were anxious about anything. What happened? I just felt I started feeling kind of anxious when this when it started really popping off. You know the the c word was really popping off. COVID, we're not, dude. We're not involved the first in this situation. <laughs> Wait, what, what c word? That which we shall not say its name. That that shall not be spoken. Every time anything happens in my house, the boys are like, "It's COVID." Oh God, no. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't too crazy. But you know. I was definitely feeling a little weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually sucks. <laughs> like the whole thing is just it's weird. I have that weird feeling every day when when you wake up and you have that brief period of time where 
You just don't remember. Like if something bad happens the night before, but you wake up in the morning and you're like, you forget it for like the first like 20 minutes and then it hits you again. You're like, oh shit. Dude, yeah. that's, that is <laughs> yeah. awesome that you get that because I sit straight up like 90 degree angle with my eyes wide open like fuck. Well, I, I have to say, I, I, I will admit that it's not happening anymore. Now yeah. I am aware the second I wake up. And in fact, I even tweeted about this the other day. It's invaded my dreams. So now the reality in my dreams also has this shit going on, which is super annoying. Yeah. Tim. Man, my dreams are just, oh no, there's a pool right there. Wally's going <laughs> to, he's running into oh, no. it. I got to catch him. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. He's climbing on top of the Empire State Building. I got to, Ah shit! They didn't put a fucking fence there. Why didn't they put a fence there? And then I, I haven't actually had a thing where I actually fell anywhere, but like, I wake up like ten times a night, like. Ah, That's like the most dead. literal interpretation of the anxiety dream I've heard. Mine's usually like, yeah. uh, like there's a tornado coming, and there's fire in it in the apocalypse and shit. Yeah, yeah. my my dreams are like I'm I'm building a, a log cabin with like my ex girlfriend's grandmother, and there's like you know uh, there's like s- small fairies that look like <laughs> you know ice monsters running out. Like I, my dreams are still fucking weird as shit. That sounds delightful compared to mine. I have crazy nightmares sometimes. Like I have this reoccurring nightmare where. I mean, I get into a car accident and then I start getting dragged off by my head. And there's like rubber, gl- like there's like black gloves just dragging me off and it's dragging me by my head. And I like, I'm powerless. Whoa. Like OJ gloves? Yes. Isotoners. Wait, so you get, do you get hit by a car or you get in a car accident and someone drags you out? No, like I'm, like I'm driving and I'm almost always by myself. And something happens, like, and I I can't really remember what happens, but something happens where I get into the accident, and then I'm being dragged out by my head. Yo, just saying, that could be a really sick video. If like, if yeah, it, if it's just it. a Steadicam on your on your face and these gloves that are around your head dragging you the whole yeah, time, that's awesome. Be pretty cool. I'll do it. I'll drag his head. Yo, that is cool. Super sick. Um, I used to have anxiety dreams about, I would, I would basically have these dreams where I'm trying to find the venue. Like I'm in some city and I'm getting lost (laughs) and I keep asking for directions to the club, but then I keep forgetting what the club's name is. And I am looking at my, (laughs) my, my phone and like, I'm supposed to be there. Like I'm like late. For, for actual like stage time and I'm freaking out yeah. and then I finally get there and it feels like the dream's about to like take a shift and then I get up on stage and I realize that like I haven't practiced in months and I don't remember anything yes. and then everyone's looking at me like you guys are all waiting for me to get there and the crowd was waiting for me to get there too Anthony you do like your normal thing and you're like he made it he's here yeah and everyone's like screaming. and then we go to launch into the first song and it's just like total shreds like just like worst all the wrong notes I've had I have that same thing except for for me it's my arms don't work yeah my arms still working I don't remember anything I had this like two months ago and it's always I'm on stage and something either broke or I can't remember how to start the song. And everybody is looking at me waiting and the crowd leaves one by one until the dream is over. 
and we never start playing. Definitely had this reoccurring dream where all of us and other people like are backstage at my high school auditorium and there's this big thing that's going to happen and like, like we're playing this like doing something there and there's all these people in the room and none of us and we're waiting we're like supposed to go on but we can't for some like technical reason and we're just waiting there and everybody's bummed and then as we go out like as we're there we just watch everybody leaving and the auditorium is like filled with like everybody I've ever like like went to school with and like it's just some weird thing where like all these high school people and people I've known were just all in this room and then they all are leaving as we're waiting. And I'm like, no way, we're going to put on a great show. And like, they all just fail. <laughs> uh, wait, I was trying to come up with maybe something that w- would be fun for us to talk about, which I thought it could be cool to talk about making Juturna and how weird, well, what our experience was working with the producer for the first time. <laughs> Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah, most of these questions are like crazy. I don't even know how to. Yeah, you want to talk about Juturna and how fucking insane that was as a band do a, as our well, first did, record? And I I couldn't remember, but you you sort of worked with a producer before that, right? Wasn't that, didn't you do Dear Child before that? Yeah, I mean, I did I did stuff with Feldman. I did felt like I did Dear Child with Feldman in one day. But it was, you know, when I did that, it wasn't very, it was, it wasn't a lot different than doing stuff with like Vince Ratty and mm. Skylight, where, you know, I had like the like the bones of something, and I guess that's not true because Vince, that's not true. When I did that, Dear Child, I, like I had it like an acoustic song, and Feldman was like, "Let's make it this crazy thing, and we'll put big drums on, and I'll call my buddy, and he'll do this, and he'll do that, and it needs a bridge," and like he was so enthusiastic and crazy about wanting it to set like be this big pop song and i was just like fuck yeah let's do fun shit i i hadn't really had any experience with like anybody i mean even when i did the saves and stuff with bo like there would be times where i would just fly through verses a couple times and he would just record everything and then sort of chop Mm. it up and repeat things and like so that was like the first time i ever really worked with anybody that was like trying to see past like what your your vision was Mm. but i never had any experience before mcturnan that was like mcturnan somebody who was like conceptualizing Mm the songs and like make me, you know, you know, the, the thing with Feldman was like such a fast thing. And it was, you know, I didn't even know what was happening until it was over. Like I was over there just hanging out. And then at the end of the day, we had this fucking song. Wow. Had anyone else ever worked with a producer before McTurnan? No. Didn't you guys do in response with, with, um, it's an engineer. No, that was, you guys did it yourself. Yeah. we, We had, um, we had two engineers that we worked with, mostly one, uh, but there was a couple that helped out. But for the most part, that was just, um, I mean, we were steering the ship, even though we didn't really know what we were doing. There was no one else. There wasn't like a, a person who was actually invested in, in what the final product would be. They were just like stoked, you know, to help out. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> very, very different. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it, I was trying to think of like big moments in our time as like quote unquote musicians. And that's one thing that I think about a lot, you know, (laughs) you know, I think about the, 
just the first experience of having someone not in your band tell you what they thought would would make what you're doing better and and then also tell you what they thought was not good about what you're doing yeah um, and, and just how bizarre that was at first yeah when i was doing vocal stuff like mcturnan was just like i just want lyrics because everything had like babble lyrics and i didn't have anything finalized till like pretty much the day i was recording it in the studio like i had anything that kind of came up at home was like carried over but he never fucked with me about any of my lyrics on Drew Turner ever and then when we were doing on letting go he would like be like is that how you want to say that? <laughs> Is that you mean that? Like he would be. No way, man. He fucked with you on lyrics on a. a one song. Stone, stone, he said, don't, stone don't be thrown. Oh yeah. Well, no, but that was the babble. That was the babble lyric. Like that wasn't like I had it. Like the only time he ever gave me shit for anything I was singing in the booth on Juturna was when I said the word impotence. He was like, do you really want to say that? And I was like, yeah, dude. He was like, really? Like people might think like, you know, and I'm like, what are you like? What? But then he would, then during on letting go, I would be singing stuff like final lyrics and be like, what? I think you, you should try like to write different lyrics. Like you're Anthony green, man. Like you should do that. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? What the fuck? Like if I am that, then why shouldn't this be good? Cause I, did that like yeah I, I he just fucked with me so much how am i not myself yeah, exactly where I, he was like man you gotta write something but you're and i was like wait what what am i <laughs> i have to live up to the thing that i am which is what's happy with what i have i don't think i had any mental preparation for what that no. situation was going to be like the way people, the way you, if you're going to take LSD, you should really have an idea of what's going to go <laughs> Somebody down. Somebody should know? be like, yo, shit's about to get fucked up. to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Things are going to be really different. And here's what you might go through. Yeah, I cried. No, I don't think I had any idea that someone was going to come in and tell me like to do <laughs> something better. <laughs> That's like the simplest concept that could happen. And I don't think I was ready for yeah. it at all. Like all the, t- all the taken experiences that I had before that, you know, we just like basically had an engineer and, um, yeah, we would just like have the dumbest ideas of all time. And we'd be like, let's put a xylophone here. And the guy would look at us and be like, yeah. (laughs) And then we would do it. (laughs) So that to to me was like how recording was, you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, man. What did you guys, so when we found out though, that we were going to work with him, like, what did you expect mm-hmm. in your head that it meant to work with a producer? That's it. I thought he was recording the record. Yeah, I guess. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I remember hearing stories that he was, like, tough, you know, but I thought, I guess I thought that was more, like, on your actual, like, performance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't play it good enough, then he would be like, that's not good enough. But yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting somebody to talk about, like, the actual songs and, like, Yo, that part's not very good. You guys should probably change that. <laughs> I, you know, I remember getting help here and there from people like with Vince and like, you know, with, but like, I, I remember like feeling like, oh yeah, it's going to be more of that. It's going to be more of like him stepping in to make shit sound awesome, to make sure we have the right stuff. Like I was always looking for it to collaborate with somebody who was going to help me be like, Hey, what if you went high here instead of low? Or what if you mm-hmm. screamed it? Or what if you did quieter? Like I always was look, I've always 
like wanted something like that. I mean, maybe I did know that. It's now that I say it out loud, it's like hard to believe that I didn't have any idea about that, but I definitely didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to be mm-hmm. as abrasive as it yeah. was. I think that some of that has to do with just his bedside manner with some certain things. Like at the time in all of our lives and in his life, like I think that he was just used to being pretty rough and tumble and bold, you know? I don't think he like took into consideration like how necessarily like how things were going to make people feel. And I know that we were all, we're all pretty sensitive, you know, when it comes to like the, the our mm-hmm. art. And so like, I think that had a lot to do with it. Like there was a lot of things I think he could have done that had he done them like a little bit more delicate or like more, um, you know, conscientious of how our feelings were that we could have really benefited the, the situation. But um, I know he was really hard on you, Brendan. I think it's just personality type too, you know, and, and people react to different types of coaching and like that for a sensitive, for a sensitive person, like to have somebody tell me, you know, like, yeah, or say that you suck, like Like, literally, that sucks. Like what, what? (laughs) Like, are are we paying you to tell you that we (laughs) I do that. Steve, I remember you getting really frustrated. Well, for me, what was crazy is, um, it was the first time ever playing to a click and it, it was before, you know, people played to a click all the time. Now everyone plays to a click. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember it being like, oh, you're not playing to the click, right? And like, oh, look how many edits there are. <laughs> Where like now it's just like, I would literally be like, hey, let me put this drum fill in here. You know, mm-hmm. there's no problem. Mm-hmm. So I was young and, and like had never played to a click before. And it was very daunting to like try. The weird thing is, is that he definitely he definitely was doing that. He was conscious of it because as soon as we walked out the door, he'd be like, Hey man. So like, how's everything going with you? You want to go get a bite to eat and like, and just be the sweetest person ever. And like very kind and loving friend. And then fucking tear you down (laughs) behind that door. It was like such a weird dynamic. I, I started thinking about this. I mean, just in hindsight, it, 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 kind of occurs to me how much of a technique it was that he was he was kind of alpha dogging everyone and he you know we we came in there as fucking kids really like we were just so green and i think the fact that so many of us hadn't had an experience with a producer before that was was probably pretty obvious in the the way we walked around the place and we're sort of like big eyed and kind of really excited to be there and we asked him all these questions about previous bands he he had worked with yeah, and, and gear, you know yeah. so i think instantly you know it took maybe like 2 days before he like really would would just kind of like lay it on us like in a way that was like Oh my God, like, I can't believe you just said that. You know, you guys don't know how to fucking write a chorus, you know? Like, what? It's also, I think we also, it's taken into consideration that, like, he did the records for pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cheap, I think, for like what he was used to doing. And then I think once he got in and like realized how much work there was to be yep. done, it might have been frustrating for him too to be like, oh shit, like, this is going to be like three weeks of this. And I, I fucking like just, you know, that's a good point. I don't know. I could, I could see that. I felt that from him. 
The weird thing about all of it is, is like, A, I have, I think I actually have PTSD <laughs> from that situation that carries over to every recording session. You know, like there's, there's something in every time I go to record that it's just like triggers, like how difficult it was the first time. I have that and, too, actually, I'll admit. <laughs> but also, along with that, looking back on everything, I agree with everything that Brian told yeah, me. Me too, yeah, right? Even though he said it in like a harsh way, every guitar part that he like helped me elaborate on or change like was for the better. And so much. him saying, like, you guys don't know how to write choruses, helped us write better choruses. <laughs> and, like, everything like that. Like, I, I I, believe, you know, it's it was crazy, but it's pretty Yeah, cool. it's almost like I really appreciate the fact that he sacrificed any possibility of of not seeming like a dick and, and taught us how to write songs. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I think that... Yeah we came out of that first session especially like a much much stronger band like 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 yep. insanely like a yeah. huge huge difference from when we stepped into the studio and when we left and just to clarify like i mean half of that was definitely my personality of not wanting to or just not being ready to be able to change i mean that's like that's where on letting go came from partially is just from us being like Yo, we have to be able to change mm-hmm. and make this shit better in here. Like that was that half of that was definitely me. I don't think he was just like being a dickhead no. all the time. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, I think all of us it, it was a a learning process, obviously, but definitely like a journey in interpersonal dynamics between us, like both ourselves as a band but also like with a third entity you know like that and i think yeah after that it's sort of like oh we understand what the process of collaboration is with someone outside of the band now you know working with a director working with like a and r people and all that stuff it somehow all in the context of brian made sense but before that it was like we're the band you're not the band fuck you you know um yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty crazy shit to think about. And coming from like hardcore bands that were all pissed off like gave us a little bit of that like there is like a bit of a us versus them mentality yeah. from like the punk scene. And you know, sometimes you take that with you as a band. Yeah. Probably a little bit of that. Definitely. I I had this memory of going for a drive with him, just me and him, and we were like running an errand or something, and he put on that recover EP. And he was just like, basically the ride was him taking me, making me listen to that and being like, listen to how good Dan Keyes is at writing hooks and singing (laughs) shit that like, like this is what you want to be. Like you want to be writing stuff that feels this good and this real and not like a hook, but is super catch like him explaining to me like and you could take it in a way being like you want to be like this guy but it wasn't like that he was i just remember like i had already listened to it a ton but he was just like trying to explain um implied rhymes to me which i didn't really understand what that was Uh, either and like just being like yo you really this is what you want you want to have everything feel so organic and so 
like natural and flow, but you also want it to be something that like you can't get out of your head two seconds later. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, um, feels like almost like you've already heard it before, like something that's already in the, out there, you know? And I remember being so fucked up from that conversation, like feeling not good enough, like comparing myself, like, but I went on a journey at that point of being like, all right, I need to digest this stuff that I love, listen to it over and over again, and really get in touch with whatever that is for me, like that they had, you know, from their journey. Like, what is that for me where I'm like, you know, organically feeling this thing, but it also ends up being something that is like, um, hits that, that, that mark of, of something that is just feels, feels like it's already there. Yeah. I have a question. I was, I was talking to Mike Weiss for me without you about this the other day. Name drop. And um, (laughs) I love him. We were talking about this going to record Juturna. And I was saying that I pretty much think that it was because we love the engine down record. Okay. But I'm curious if everybody else is. Yeah. So I knew there was other stuff. I just wanted to see if you guys remember like what that conversation was like. Because for me, it was just mm-hmm. demure. And I'm curious what everybody else remembers about like that. Like which which of his bands stuck out as like, oh shit, we're working with a guy that did this. Yeah, or why we chose him mm. in general. It was definitely, for yeah. me, it was definitely a combination, I think, of so many different bands and records, but especially uh, Cave-In and, and Thrice, like those those records were definitely those were the ones that made me feel like oh yeah this guy's gonna know exactly what to do for us but that engine down record if Mm -hmm. i think about it is probably the record that he made that i listened to the most for sure oh yeah i mean artist in the ambulance was like number one like that was like trl shit like when when we went in to do shit with him what a fucking weird time yeah it was literally number one record (laughs) And it was on T- TRL. Yeah, but the yeah. engine down record, the drums on that were just like, that was... That's what I remember when I think about why we went I there. I just remember <laughs> thinking like, yeah, we're going to the guy that made those engines. The sounds are so yeah, cool. Like, and he's got the shaker. And then we went to see them um, <laughs> in Baltimore and they like, and he had the shaker, you know, and we we're like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> that's the shaker he does have that shaker I, mean, that's I, sick. I remember thinking i remember really like loving the fact that we were working with the, the dude who did like hot water music you know i loved i i didn't i wasn't super familiar with with battery but like i loved that like i knew who they were and i was like damn that's cool that we're like going in the studio with this fucking like like hardcore dude that's like been around for such a long time and I knew they did cool he shit. He just put a new record out. I know. Too, he has had a, he's got a new band. Dude, I remember listening to Perma. Do you remember Perma? Uh, Perma or Prima? They were uh, an equal. Vi- nope. Yeah. Prima. Sorry. They were equal vision band. Prima, yeah. I was obsessed with that yeah, record. The second one. And when I, I didn't, f- I didn't find out that he had, he did yeah, drivel or yeah. something. I didn't, I didn't find out that he had did, he did that till I was in the studio with him. I was sitting, I think I was sitting there and I was like super stoned and I was like, what? This is so cool that you did that. (laughs) And like, there's a promise ring like EP that he did where there's like, it's like my literal favorite, favorite promise ring song ever. And it was on that. It was the same thing where I was like, holy shit, dude, I can't believe you fucking recorded that. It's like my favorite song ever. You know, it was one of my favorite, um, 
things with McTernan, which was actually during Odd Lennon Go, but I'm going to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, is when he tuned up my drums for to to like start tracking for On Letting Go, he tuned them up real high, and I was like, "Hey man, I want I really want the toms to be lower." He was like, "Tell me any, tell me a record that has low toms." <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I, I, I was like, that. man, I know there's a record that has low toms, but there has to I'm be really good. I'm not really good at thinking of stuff like this." And I went upstairs, and I said. I said to Colin, I was like, Colin, what's a record with low toms? And he was like, Nirvana. And I went downstairs <laughs> and I said to McTurn and I was like, Nirvana. <laughs> and he was like, ah, oh, shit. I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> Got you, bitch. <laughs> and then he let me. T- That's great. Yeah, and then he let me uh, tune the toms down. Hell yeah. After that. That's great. One of my favorite memories about Juturna is that he just was like, why are you trying to record this blues mm-hmm. song? This doesn't make oh any sense. God. He didn't care about it. And then he was like, and then he was like, can we were just like, well, can we just record it? Can we just, we had to convince him to let us do it <laughs> on our own. And that was so sick that we got to do that. He, yeah. Though, right. Yeah. He just like, Dude, I remember and left the room being in the studio. Yeah. And I remember being in there all night listening back to shit and doing takes that just got kept. And, oh, that was, like, some of the funnest times. Yeah. Just, like, oh, my God, smoking so much weed and then going out and listening back and forth to a thing and being, like, oh, my God, this is so great. And then hearing it the next day and being, like, whoa. (laughs) It's not as great. (laughs) And I I remember doing the guitar solo and uh, I think Colin was like yeah. pushing the buttons and shit and I, and and uh, we like took two clips that it was just like impossible mm-hmm. to play those yeah. things. I think it was like an actual just like we didn't even try to smooth over any of the edits. But <laughs> it was just like yeah, it was just like a note that happens to, like it's impossible. And that was just like, oh, just you can do shit like this? That was like the first memory I have of that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Anthony break the glass on the... Uh, yeah, dude. Like the second we finished all the tracking and we were completely done the record, every, the vibe was... So stoked. The vibe was like next level. Like, oh my God, we did it. And he's happy and we're all so happy. I leaned on the glass the glass countertop of like the main, like the island in the main room just shattered. No, you jumped up and tried to sit on it. Yeah, but you it, sat like, on it. I enough. sat on it. Yeah. You're you're not supposed to do that because it just breaks. <laughs> wow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he didn't have a sign there. Yeah, he should have really had a sign. sign. Was that was that on letting go or was that Juturna? I think that was on letting oh. go. No, that was Juturna. Juturna. Really? It was in his control room. the The rack unit was like a wooden rack that mm-hmm. had all his effects that. processors in it. In the right? middle of the room. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the room. Two things happened though. In Juturna, something happened where Anthony spilled something that like went all over all the electronics. <laughs> that was on let and go. And I didn't spill oh. anything. Oh, that's so, right. So the glass breaking. But he came in one day. He came in one day, and I had been up like all night like listening to the stuff in the room. Cause he would leave and let us sit in there. 
cans of like whatever that drink that he loved so much that he, like he would keep in there. What was that? It was like seltzer water, but I was drinking all of it. And I had like stuff all over the place and I was asleep in there. And I just was like, I had stuff everywhere. And he was like, you're not allowed in here anymore. You can't stay at night. I'm locking the door and you can't come listen to songs. I'm like, what, please. Uh, Wait, but didn't in, in the Juturna room, you like, spilled water all over like all the equipment or something i think it was like another it was like the same thing it's not the the thing that the glass was on it was like yeah. something spilled on that oh it yeah it was like this really expensive rack or something yeah it might have been but water. it spilled down and went all throughout the rack and it started sparking and dry him. Like- and he had to like take out the rack and take all the things out it was like a vintage yeah, he had thing to fan it out yeah <laughs> No, we're, and we're like, oh, we're so hard on us. Anyway. It's all starting to be a lot more clear right oh, now. We're God. a fucking nightmare. Yeah, stuff like that happened throughout Juturna, where it was like I was just bad luck. Like to, he would look at me and be like, "You're just an accident waiting to happen." Yeah, there is something he said to me that um, I always think about, and it it's like. Both it's funny because it, it didn't turn out to be true, but it, it also kept me in a really good headspace. But he said something like, most bands only get to make like three albums in their whole career. So you better love every second of I this. Remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That's so funny. I 100% have logged that statement and that in, yeah. in a place in my brain I'll never forget. And then like, this is your record. Like, I'll go on and make yeah. 50 more records in the next two years. And you guys might, you might make yeah. three records yeah. as a band if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, right, man. <laughs> Steve knew. Uh, it definitely, I mean, there was something good in that, though. You know, it was like a good yeah, thing I to agree. realize like, oh, yeah, like we're supposed to sort of like enjoy this and and really savor it. Yeah, it also kind of forced, not forced us, but it gave us this opportunity to really think about like, what is it that you, what do we want? Do we want to be a band that's just going in here and making our one out of three records? Or do we like, for me, I remember thinking like, man, I want this to be something more than that. Like, I don't want this. Yeah, I was never trying to just make that one record. I was like, always thinking like i want to make a fucking Mm. ton of records with this band dude from the minute that we started making music whether it was recording a song or an album i always feel like there was this there was this air of it's even as soon as we would get done a recording it'd be like all right what's next like even we as soon as we get done recording a record all of us would be like all right let's keep going like what's next like how do we even start working on the next thing i I think that's Mm. benefited us a lot as a band yeah, me too. I felt that way right. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I just got to say, Beard, you really have been very quiet on this sound effects. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, dude. We're going to get hit up for royalties. Uh, no, that's on good. This he stopped now. it just, just before you have to pay out. <laughs> Yo, they hit What up. about this one, though? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, Wait. shit. Wait, no, Lars. They're, they're really going to come after us. <laughs> Lars doesn't let anything go, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
That's like a double, like a double suit to like team right up there. to sue us. They can sue them. Let's see who ever made that. They should actually probably yeah. sue this connection. It sounds like shit. It sounds like shit like this. Yo, so do you guys know that I'm pretty sure? I mean, I don't know. I probably can't talk about it any more than just saying this, but do you know that uh, Siren Records is being sued by ASCAP? What? What? No. For like for, play, for playing music in the store yeah. Get and the not paying royalties. Out. Yep. Dang. So uh, as far as I know, it's just in limbo now because Blair. Yeah, Blair just was like, of all the stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, COVID. everything's gone to shit. But Blair was just basically like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it's it's insane that they would do that at record stores. They're just trying to like push it forward, right? The only thing they can they can get away with having like some certain mm-hmm. channel playing in there, like an like and without having to pay. But if for them to play the records they have in there, it's I like they have, have to pay out. And it's absolutely yeah. You have to do a whole. The music neither, industry dude. has officially become the snake. Eating its own. It's tail. exactly. It's the Ouroboros yeah. or whatever. It's fucking eating itself. Yeah, Ouroboros. It's That's insane. That's live so music. Fun. The music industry is poised to lose nine billion dollars. Yeah, fuck year. Oh, whoops. I mean, <laughs> we have five pending lawsuits from this podcast. Sirens playing the record to sell records for the band. You know. Yeah, and, and they're and out create, there trying to make a yep. penny for the band instead, and they're going to sue. It's. I mean, why insane. don't we just start suing people for playing the record at their homes and not paying us? That's, you know, dude, like, hold, stop this podcast because you're <laughs> onto something. It's like, let's get on the phone right now. Oh my god, you had a house party and you played a record and you didn't pay a royalty. Oh my god, lawsuit. It's it's just that I feel like there's this like vacuum. That's just going and trying to suck up anything they can do for a suit or an extra dime, and they don't. It just gets everything, and that there's no like, there's nothing vetted there to tell them like, oh, well, this is actually good, or this is actually what is important, or whatever. It just all goes through this void. Wait, so let me ask you this: Is it okay for Sign Records to Let's say that play one more time? A streaming I'm server. I'm gonna give you one more chance. <laughs> Wait, are they? Is it okay for them to play what streaming? A streaming service, like if they just play something off Spotify, is that okay? Well, they are playing Spotify in there most of the time, but that's what's weird. Okay. I think it is, but I think they have to have a certain business channel. Yeah. And I think they have to get it through Spotify, and it has to be a thing that Spotify controls. Because even at like coffee shops, like mm-hmm. they can get sued for like not playing like they can't play their own yeah you have to have like a thing on your window and pay out like you have to ah, (laughs) i don't have enough i don't have enough that just makes me so sad to think about that like especially because it's like ascap represents artists man like they're not you know you would expect that kind of bullshit from a label or something but that's the whole that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. It's so fucking sad. You got there. You guys are on the same team. What are you doing? Yeah, it's that doesn't really make sense. dumb. Ugh. I wouldn't even not. E- I wouldn't even be talking about it if it was at a coffee shop. But it's a record store. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a 
a coffee shop would still feel weird, but like at least it's like okay, I guess that's sort of what they're supposed to do. Is like like I, I've always known that that is sort of what BMI and ASCAP and all those people do, but I, I always thought that it was way more logical. You know, like they're I would I would think that they're going after like you know v- venues playing fucking like you know records for people to dance to and stuff like that where they're actually okay at least the venue's making money off of it you know it's like um but when you think about a fucking record store playing music yeah it's absolutely mind-blowing it is like how okay how the fuck do they even enforce that is what i'm like how do they even know what they've played like who are they collecting? Well, on if it is on of? Spotify, then they know that. So, but again, I don't so, know the de- details. Yeah, but how do they know he's not just listening to Blair like, on Spotify? Like, why? Yeah, what like, if I go li- into like there and I have my phone and I blast like our shit, and then I'm like, "Yo, this public space is blasting our shit." <laughs> yeah, but like I'm just curious, yeah. like how. Okay, because I would I would assume like multiple employees hook up their shit and play stuff. So I, don't I, I just don't understand. Yeah, how, I think like, it, did they have a fucking sting operation? I don't know. Like we know we know you've been listening to that Wilco record again. You got to pay royalties. Yeah, that's, that's depressing. It's really strange. Whoa. It sounded like someone's cat just <laughs> fell down the stairs. <laughs> that was my dog running up the stairs. Oh, that's what that is. You got any other questions, Colin? Um, well, that was kind of mine. I just pulled that out of my butt. But oh, I th- I thought that was <clears throat> no I, fandom. I honestly, we could fill up like three podcasts. I think talking about stuff that happened when we were in the studio with Juturna. I mean, you guys remember watching Fear Factor like every day? Like it was like a like how some people watch like you know their stories like the soap operas. Like we literally were, watched Fear Factor every day. That's true. Yeah, Fear Factor was on all the time. That came up recently because I was like, where the hell did Joe Rogan come from? Dude, news yeah. radio. News radio. I forgot all that stuff. Dude, news radio is awesome. I remember because it was like, oh, one of the kids in the hall is on a news show that's like on TV. And I thought it was really funny too. It was like a lot of his, it's funny because if you rewatch any of the episodes of news radio, there's all these like his characters, like hella into conspiracy theories (laughs) and like very like, I don't know, woke. And like, it's crazy because it's kind of how he is now, you know? I've actually never seen that show, but it was on a documentary I watched the other day and I just realized that the cast is amazing. It's so good. I got to watch it. It's yeah. Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, Dave Foley. The, uh, Dave Foley. Like that show is so good. Dave Foley was on that. Yeah. He was like one of the only kids in the hall that I feel like really did stuff. Like a lot of stuff after the show ended. I know that one guy, the chicken lady, I know that he was on Saturday night live uh, for him. I saw Dave Foley at Coachella and it was like the, Really? There are all these like music stars walking around in that backstage area. And then I saw Dave Foley and I fucking nerded out so hard. He looks like your math teacher from sixth grade. Wait, Brendan, tell us about <laughs> tell us about when you saw uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, that was uh that what well, that was I the first that. one we played. What year was that? Okay. But just tell the story. 
Wait, no, but I'm trying to think because that's the year that uh, Amy Winehouse came and smoked a joint at our little table. Yeah. With Kelly Osbourne. Yeah. Dude, I could not believe that. I felt bad. I felt bad for her too because she kept <laughs> going over to Damian Marley and getting weed. And she would sit down, and there were so many people around that by the time the joint would get back to her, she it would be gone. So she would like run over to Damian Marley and come back with like a bunch of weed. Well, more. honestly, the like best part of that story was that Meredith was like, "Hey, this is Ime. This is Ime. Ime." <laughs> she still thought her name was Ime like a year later. That's how Ime. I'm like, no, I think she's Welsh or British. And she- anyway, Danny DeVito walked by and I, and I was like, yo, what's up? And he was like, hi, everybody. And just waved sort of beside us, like, yeah, to the group. I was like, all right. I remember um I just I remember watching Willie Nelson like sitting on the lawn watching Willie Nelson after explosions in the sky and sitting like literally literally right next to uh um what's his face? Yaquim Phoenix. Mm. I thought that was cool. I was so starstruck by like everything. Took like a little like one of those little golf carts to to go see the Lemonheads. And uh, I, I was like with like dudes from the chill, Red Hot Chili Peppers were on my golf cart, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that was that was that was a fun night. That was pretty interesting. A few years later, when we played, I remember I had James and Lukey with me, and we were eating lunch, and Ian Ian McKay and his fucking wife were sitting at the table next to us and luke just kept going over and fucking with him and playing with his chain wallet and like he was like and he was interacting with luke and i was just like oh my god i can't believe i can't believe he's fucking interacting with my son like what a weird thing like i just was so it was my whole world was just like like blew up i was like this is so cool i like got to go over to his table just to get my son be like hey what's up like an excuse to talk to him i was like hey sorry about that he was like no he's cute it's fine and then he kept going over and like stealing his his rolls <laughs> it's just cello things just cello why did he why did amy winehouse walk up and sit down at our table dude that uh her dressing room was right oh, next was to it? ours Oh yeah, sh- right. our RVs. Uh, we we shared a little front yard I, thing. I feel like it was before she blew up, though, right? It was right before she blew up. Yeah, and I remember. I remember coming out of the our like dressing room or going to the bathroom and then coming back and just seeing her sitting there talking to Meredith and I'm be like, what the fuck? And they were like the same. I height. didn't think anybody knew who she was. Like no, it was we that didn't. Kind of thing. It was the next week that everyone knew who she was. She, she was. She was on Rolling Stone like six months later. I didn't know who she was at that time. <laughs> Nick, did you just say Chella? Chella. Oh my god, dude! Amazing. Chella. It's just Chella. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Oh, Colin, remember god. when you disappeared at the end of Coachella? We can have a segment. Yeah, you want to get? You yeah, want to revisit at the end that? of Coachella? Yeah. Yeah, because my my yeah. longtime girlfriend at the time. Well, we were we were basically last. Legs. We were basically on the outs. Yeah, we we knew that uh, it was kind of just like our last thing. We were camping out while we played the show, and uh, the last uh, two hours or so, she just disappeared and got smashed. And 
wound up like partying with the Lemonheads. <laughs> and then it took me like an hour to find her. And we like found her like passed out in a bush somewhere. Love it. Love it, dude. It was, it was a pretty good end to the story. I remember, I remember you being like really worried about her. You'd be like, dude, yeah, she disappeared. <laughs> dude, we were at a huge event where it was like impossible to find people. It was so hard to find people. And, uh, <laughs> uh, those may or may not have been the well, case. I, I was curious if anybody um, had thought of anything cool for the Patreon that they want to do. Like anything that you're thinking might be sweet to do for the Patreon. Um, yeah, I'm kind of just excited to like uh, see how interactive we can get, you know, with like what people. Uh, fuck my audio delays. I love how you just threw the you just threw the was reverb on by accident. On? No, but it pops. Is it on right now? Whatever just happened, <laughs> it did a bunch of pops. What? <laughs> my shit's fucked up. <laughs> I love I'm it. just gonna put. I'm gonna. <laughs> Is that the that's lost right? <laughs> All right, we'll play no. the lost no, one. Order, the difference? Babe. You have the lost one. I don't have the last one. That's one. That's a good one I to love get. The, the playthroughs that you were doing, Nick, are like really high quality. And yeah, like I, I want to do a bunch of stuff like that. Would, I guess that's what I was trying to say. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, kind of just actually uh, get interactive with the people and try to figure out what people want to see and what they want to hear, what they want to All hear. right. Well, yeah. I feel like we. I feel like we got an episode. You guys, that was a good one. That's that. I hope I didn't mess it up this time. Yeah, I think it was good. <laughs> I think it was pretty good. Cool. <laughs> yes. Play us out, dude. We need, play us out. We need a. Uh, yeah. Should I play yeah, a song? We need like okay. outro music every week. On. It's got to be something right. different. I think it's. We're no strangers to love. <laughs> you know oh my God, it sounds so fucked up. Thinking of you wouldn't get this from any other guy. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, you lovelies. This yeah, let's wrap it up. up. Yeah, Thanks to everybody All for right. listening wrap it to up. Our, our first attempt. Let's wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks, listening. friends. Five. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> All right, we're rolling. Creature. We love you. Don't. We'll you again soon. Stacy Creature Thanks, Podcast. Man. Thanks, guys. Love you too. Love you. Play us off, Nick. See you on another right. again. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to hear this again. I'm and out. next time, see you on another game.